Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we have some great people helping us along the way. Many children grow up with absolutely no clue how money works, what it means to save for something they want, how to spend wisely, how work can translate into money, and why we must give to others in need as part of our life's journey. Somehow in our busy lives, discussions about money get pushed off until later. But if you really think about it, when kids don't know how money works, when they're younger and they're under your roof, it can set them up for some really big money mistakes when they are away at college or off on their own. So money talks are some important discussions we all need to have with our kids now. My next guest knows more than a thing or two about these money talks as she's been having these conversations as long as she can remember with her own parents. That's just part of growing up Ramsey. As a number one New York Times bestselling author, host of the Rachel Cruz Show and the Rachel Cruz Show podcast, Rachel helps people learn the proper ways to handle money and stay out of debt. She authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her father, Dave Ramsey. You can follow Rachel on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Rachel Cruz and online at rachelcruz.com, youtube.com slash rachelcruz, or facebook.com slash rachelramseycruz. Welcome, Rachel Cruz, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you on. This is a topic that is evergreen, and yet it brings new light to this conversation all the time when we have people on because it's something we don't talk about often. But before we get into the bulk of the interview, I'd love to hear what gets you up in the morning and what helps you to become so passionate and devote your life to helping people, parents, families, kids understand and manage money? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, growing up as Dave Ramsey's kid, my parents were so great about teaching us, obviously, how money works and uh, how to avoid many of the mistakes that they made. And so because of that, you know, I was able to go through my life not being perfect with money, but having a grasp on it, like understanding how money works. And so when I went to college, I graduated high school, went to college, uh, my first like two weeks there, I remember thinking, wow, mm. like everyone around me, including my own friends from high school that came to the same college as me or new people I was meeting, man, like they do things so differently. Like debt is so not a big deal. They're signing up for credit cards left mm. or right. They have student loan debt. One of them are, you know, went and got a car loan and like, all this stuff. And I were thinking, wow, I was raised in such a different way. And at that moment, though, I, I realized, man, they already believe at 18, 19 years old, 
that debt has to be a part of their story. Mm-hmm. That debt is just a way of life and that's how you do it. And I just remember thinking there's just a different way. And it wasn't that they were unintelligent or that they weren't smart. I mean, none of that. It's just that they were ignorant. They had no idea. No one taught them how money works. And so I remember getting kind of like this like riled up feeling in my heart where I was like, gosh, I don't know all the answers, but man, I know that there's a better way. And so I had that feeling for a long time. And when I graduated high school, or I'm sorry, when I graduated college, uh, I went to my parents and I was like, I want to do this. Like mm. I travel and I want to speak. I actually spoke with my dad through high school uh, at his event. So I had kind of grown a knack for public speaking early on. And I just said like, this is what I want to do. Cause I kind of looked at my dad as the emergency surgeon mm. and I was the preventative medicine. Mm. So it's like, if you can get this as a teenager or a college student, like your life is going to look so different versus making all these mistakes and then turning your habits around at 35. Um, and so that was like kind of my crusade. And so I spent many, many years talking to high school students and college students. And then, you know, I, I was married. I've had two kids now and kind of, a, and as I've grown in my own life, my audience has kind of, in a sense, grown with me. So I do less and less like youth type events and and more content for um, people, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and kind of more of the overscope of all money, all things when it comes to money from lifestyle to tactical, you know, budgeting, investing, all of that. And so, yeah, that's it. And and it's so fun. It, my job is, I love it because ultimately what I'm doing is I'm giving people hope mm-hmm. and hope in a very, very hopeless situation. There's a lot of people, even some of you all listening right now, like you're stressed out, you're freaked out, you have no plan, you don't know what you're doing. And you think, is this, is this it? Like, is this how it is? Is my money always going to control me? And we get to come in here at Ramsey Solutions and give you a plan of something different. And so, uh, man, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll say this too. You know, my life was changed when my parents, you know, they filed for bankruptcy the year I was born. Hmm. So I was born in April. They filed in September. And after that bankruptcy, my parents decided that they, that they were done dealing with money and using money the way the world said. And so they went to scripture, they went to common sense to say, okay, what do these things have to say about money? And they kind of drew that line in the sand and said, this is what we're doing. We are never borrowing money. We are going to be intentional. We are going to budget. We are going to be in control. And because of that decision 30 years ago, my whole life is different now. And so it's fun talking to, you know, the 30, 40, 50 year old mom out there. And I'm like, man, I was kind of like their kid in a mm. sense, right? Like I get to help give them a plan and it not only changes their life, but it gets to change the legacy that they leave. And um, that's, yeah, that's the reason I get up mm. why, so much. So important. I think the information that you're giving is is really is a lifeline. But I love that what you're saying about it being sort of like preventative medicine, that it's not something that we have to learn about in an emergency. We can learn about it when we're calm and things are fine and, you know, teach our kids how to handle money in smart ways. And I love that in your book that you wrote with your dad, Smart Money, Smart Kids, it says that you need to teach your kids that money comes from commission. So I'd love for you to tell us sort of your theory and practice around allowance and work and family contributions. What should children get paid to do? What should they simply do because they're part of the family and they're being helpful? What's your theory on that? Yes. Well, I grew up never getting an allowance. We were never just handed money. We were always on commission. Mm -hmm. So you work, you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid. And when you do that with your children, not only do they understand 
that money comes from work. They learn that. The money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pockets. But they have skin in the game because when your kids earn money, they give it differently. They save it differently. They spend it differently. Like the way they interact with money that they've earned, it's just different versus you handing them a $10 bill. And so there's so many teachable moments. And so I do, when parents, you know, I hear some parents like, oh, well, I won't pay my kids on anything because they should, you know, they're, they're part of the family and this is what they should do. This is responsibility. And I, and I hear that and I kind of agree, actually. I'm like, yes, there are chores that they should do because they're part of the family. Like growing up in the Ramsey household, anything that related to the kitchen, we were never paid on. Like we were expected to take our dishes to the sink. Yes. Got older, put it in the dishwasher. And then when we got to be teenagers, we cleaned the kitchen and we washed the pots and pans. Like, like that was a responsibility that we had because we were part of the family. And so I like the balance. And then I hear some parents on the other extreme, they're like, oh, well, I want to pay my kids on everything. Mm. And I'm like, oh, then you turn them into like little union workers. Right, <laughs> right. I can't even imagine paying my kid to like make their bed or, yeah, you know, right. put their toys away. No, of course not. Yes, exactly. So I always, I, I'm not super legalistic with this in the sense that I let you as the parent decide what's best. Like what are four, five, whatever the number is of chores that you're going to pay them on. Mm. And it could be anything as simple as helping feed the dog in the morning. You know, maybe it is, it's, it's cleaning their room. Maybe it's putting laundry away, like whatever it is, find, you know, four or five things and write it down on a chore chart on the refrigerator. Like put it visually where everyone can see it they know how much they're getting paid. You, their expectation, do they do it once a week? Do they do it every day of the week? Like, what is it? What do they get paid on? And then, you know, really start making that a consistent thing and and, and communicating, hey, this is stuff you're not going to get paid on. Here's stuff you are. And then if you have kids, six, seven, eight, nine years old, like do a payday once a week. Pick a, pick a night of the week. It could be Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. And take the chore chart off the refrigerator and look and, and, and have some accountability with them and say, hey, listen, you didn't do this chore, so we're not going to pay you on that, but you did these four, so you get paid on it. And they really start to learn this cause and effect uh, part of our world that, you know, as an adult, like if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. Like mm-hmm. you know? So they start to learn that and it and it's huge. And I would say too that the chores, everything needs to be age appropriate. I think that's probably common sense. But, um, you know, I, <laughs> some parents are like nuts. I'm like, no, your five-year-old probably doesn't need to mow the lawn. <laughs> probably not smart. So yeah, just find age appropriate things and have grace. I mean, my daughter, she's almost four. And so we're starting to give her some responsibilities a little bit. And so, but I know when, you know, when I'm like, Amelia, let's go clean your room. I'm cleaning up 80% of it, right? I mean, she's Mm -hmm. putting maybe like four or five toys away and I'm doing most of it. So like, it's very age appropriate, gradually do it. But when you start building in those habits and they start understanding that money comes from work. And when they make the money as well, I tell parents to get like three jars or three envelopes and mark them, give, save, and spend. And so when they get paid, they put money in each of those envelopes and you're building kind of three of those money muscles, ultimately what you do with money, even as an adult, like that's basically what you can do with money. You can give it, save it, or spend it. And they start to learn it. And you get to see like your kids' personalities come out. You get to see, oh, you know, that one's really a saver or that mm-hmm. one's a spender. And you and you start to see who they are as well. And gosh, there's just so, so many teachable moments. And when you learn that at like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, even 15 years old, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. And that you can make these small, inexpensive mistakes because they will make mistakes and that's okay. But they're small and inexpensive and there's and they're safety in it because it's under your roof yes. versus the first time that they're handling money that they're out on their own right. and they're on a car lot and they're about to make a $30,000 mistake. And right. so 
you know, teaching them that and showing them and living it out, man, it's it's so, so good, so helpful right. for them. Right. We want to teach it to them when the stakes are low and that they have that safety net in your household and you can kind of help them mop up the mess or at least be supportive as they're mopping up their own mess or dealing <laughs> with the frustration that they spent the money that they would have liked to have paid for something special on something trivial like, uh, you know, a gumball. So uh, I understand what you're saying, and it is important for them to learn all of these kinds of things. Now, you mentioned that there are different kinds of jobs that they can do around the home, and some of them are going to be more age appropriate than others. For our young kids, there might be you know, helping to take out the trash or put recyclables into a, a bin. But as they're getting older, they can get more involved with the laundry. I know young kids can match up socks without n any problem. I think that's a great one because I hate doing it. But the <laughs> older ones, you know, can always um, start to learn how to do laundry. You don't want to wait till that till they're in college to do that either. So I appreciate that, you know, it needs to be age appropriate so that it's doable and that they can feel capable. And, and so I think I just wanted to underscore that, what you were saying there. Now, clearly we need to teach our kids about saving and spending, as you were saying. So many kids, like, as I was saying, they, they might find a quarter and, and look for the first gumball machine to stick it into. So what should we teach our kids specifically about saving and spending? I know you mentioned the different jars. Is there a certain amount we should be putting in each? It, what should we be teaching them about saving and spending at early ages to help them not be in debt later? Yes. Well, these are great topics for your kids to really experience with, you know, the money that they've earned. And so with saving, and I don't give um, parents like specific dollar amounts mm -hmm. or even percentages, like really, it can be up to you. Like the dollar amount, the percentage really doesn't, isn't what's the factor. It's the lessons that they're learning mm -hmm. in it. So whether it's 10% in giving and then, you know, you split it up, you know, 50, 50, the other side, like whatever it is you can pick. Um, but with saving, I always tell parents like have a goal that they can be saving for. And when they're young, maybe it's a $20 goal. Like it, you know, it may mm -hmm. take them a few weeks to save up, but when they're saving, they are learning delayed gratification. Yes. Like they are learning, okay, it's going to take some time. And when you can instill that habit financially in your kids, that's huge. Like that is why we are in a mess when it comes to debt a lot of the time because we're not planning we don't plan for anything and as soon as an emergency comes up we go charge it on a credit card you know that ends up happening or you just want it and you want it now and you're like oh, I'll just get it but when you've learned that the only way you can buy something is when you have the money it forces you to have patience and it forces mm -hmm. you to save and what I love about it which you probably know better than I do but I'm like but that character quality goes into other aspects of their life mm-hmm patience and delayed gratification and other things as well. Um, yes. So it's huge. So having that goal, you know, when we turned 16, we had to pay for half of our cars. Yes, right. And so dad called it his 401 Dave plan. Oh, nice. <laughs> they would match whatever we saved. So when I turned about 13, 14, that was the big savings goal for years. Like I saved towards that 16 year old goal. So maybe it's a big lofty goal. Uh, but when they're younger, you know, little things and, and what I love too, I'm like, man, you're a little six year old. Like when they, when they get that $10 or whatever it is and you go to target or Walmart and they go buy that thing they've been saving up for, for three weeks. Cause for a kid, three weeks is like three months. Uh, the time mm -hmm. feels so long, but they feel so proud. Like yes. you are giving them such a gift of accomplishment. You're giving them a gift 
that you're saying like, you can do this. Like you are capable of doing this. And it's just, I don't know. I think it it does something to their self-esteem. It does something to their hearts of like, I can do this. This is possible. So the saving part, I love. Now, the spending part, I probably personally love more because I'm actually naturally a spender. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm a natural saver. So that's really interesting. Yes. I I always have been good at spending money. I mean, I would spend on the stupidest stuff. It was like silly putty or something at Target. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. I just want to buy, you know, and then you leave it out that night and it's junk. Junk. It is. It is. But one thing I do love is I'm like, I had that spirit where my brother and sister were very much more savers. But mom and dad, they let me make mistakes. Like Mm -hmm. they let me buy the silly, silly putty. Now, did we talk about it? Yes. Yes. Like they're like, Rachel, this is probably not smart, but if this is what you're choosing to do with your spin envelope, you can, but like, you're going to learn some lessons. Um, you know, and I, and I did, it took me a little bit, a few, few times of those kind of purchases. Mm-hmm. Yes. Realized, okay. Okay. Uh, but that also taught me as a spender that once the money's gone, it's gone. Right. Like right. it is, it is not a, it is a finite object. Like, right. Like money, it, it you only have so much. And once you stop, once you spend it all, that's it. And so I remember going to, um, there was this park called Opryland here in Nashville. Uh, it's now like a mall and all this other stuff now, but Opryland was like this little amusement park that we used to have. And they had all these kind of carnival games at the front. And I remember we went one Saturday, we got to take our spend envelopes and we got to go and spend it on the games. And my sister took like half of hers. Like we were in the car and she was like, I'm going to keep half of my spend in the car and I'm going to take the other. So responsible. So responsible. (laughs) How infuriating. (laughs) You're so bored. No, I was like, I'm taking it all. And I remember we had the discussion, you know, okay, you know, once you spend all your money, we're done with the games. And of course me, I walked right in and saw like the first game. And I spent all my money in probably two minutes. Like it was oh, oh. painful. I know, and I, re- I remember turning to mom and dad, and I was like, "Can I? Can I have more money? Can you just give me I more money?" I just want to play that one more game. <laughs> That's right. I'd be a terrible gambler. Like right, just yeah. one more. Just terrible. One more. Uh, and I remember dad being like, "No, Rachel. Like the money's gone." And I had to walk around all that whole day, you know, not able to play any more games. But those were the lessons. Like it was so so mm, important that so they good. followed through with their word. But also that like, man, like I, I don't know, you, you just learn, you learn those moments. So there's some structure to this for sure. But I will say on the other end to have some grace, like I did talk to a mom after an event once where she came up to me and she was like, my son saved up for an iPad. And I was like, whoa, like mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yes. Pretty impressive. And she went, yes. I was like, oh my gosh. And she was like, yep. She goes, but we got to the counter and he was short four dollars and so we walked out of the store no i know and i was like no no you buy no, the ipad no. like you buy the ipad yes. so there's some grace in this oh, parent ouch. don't be so dang legalistic yes. um I, I always say that too much grace is enabling but too many rules is legalistic so there is a balance there yes. is a balance in all of this stuff oh. but man when you're just intentional as a parent though in these subjects gosh it goes so far, yes. so far with your kids. Oh, I think that that's so ingenious. I've told this story before, but my daughter bought this thing that we totally thought was going to be complete garbage. And guess what? It was. So uh, <laughs> she she was she went to her uh, jar and she got out that money. And and I we had a conversation about it and she bought it anyway. And she brought it home and she played with it. And uh, then she came to me and she said, you know what, 
you were right, um, which is really fa- a fabulous lesson. We let her do it. And now like the brand name, the thing, which I won't mention here, um, is now like, an, oh, this is like that. When she's like seeing something that's cheaply yes. done or like the, the, this would be a bad choice. It's now like that is remembered as like, it's like that when I bought that thing. Yes. So I agree. It is so important to let them fall on their face again while the stakes are low so that when they're, as you said, in the car lot looking at a car, that they they have all those lessons behind them. It's not, this is not the first time that they're doing it. This is the, you know, many, many times later and they have some experience, bad and good, under their belt. So I love those stories. That's awesome. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about some of the scripts that we should be using, we, we're very much, uh, you know, we're all about scripts here on this podcast, knowing that they'll change depending on, you know, the the different parent. And of course, they'll use their own wording. But because you're so good at this, I would love for you to answer, what if your child comes to you and says, but mom, dad, everyone has whatever it is, fill in the blank, <laughs> but me, and I'm going to say for three different scenarios. So Here's the statement, but mom, dad, whoever, everyone has blank but me. So here's your number one scenario. But you but you know in your head you cannot afford it. So what would you say in that scenario? Yeah, I think with the I can't afford it, you never want to scare your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we have no money. And they're like, what? You know, like, oh, gosh. So, yeah, that's right. So, like, watch your verbiage in it for sure. But I think you can say, you know what? What this thing is, is it costs X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And that is... That's a lot of money for mom and dad right now. And right now, mom and dad's priorities are to make sure that you are taken care of. And our goal is whatever it is, we're paying off debt. We're doing X, Y, and Z. And that's what we're focused on. But you know what? Let's make it a goal together that one day, let's buy something fun like this. And we can because stuff is not bad, but it's only when you have the money, are you able to do it? And right now we don't. Mm, Okay. Next scenario is same thing, but mom, dad, everyone has blank but me. And the second scenario is you don't want to be the kind of parent who's raising an entitled child who always gets everything. Yes. Um, and I think this this conversation may depend a little bit on the age of the child, but I would start going into the idea that that stuff is fun, but stuff does not cause happiness. Mm. And as a society and as a culture, you're going to get to see a lot of fun stuff and you're going to see kids with a lot of nice stuff and a lot of fun stuff. But you know what? Ultimately, what that thing is going to be is just another pair of shoes in the closet in two weeks Mm. or that's just going to be another piece of clothing or whatever it is like that. It's it's just it's it's going to become normal and it's exciting and it's fun to think of something new. But that newness wears off and let's focus on the things that we do have. Mm. Yes. Okay. Number three scenario is same thing, but mom, dad, everyone has blank, but me. And you are wanting to teach your child to save for whatever it is, her, his or herself. Yeah. You could say good news. You get to buy it for <laughs> it. So, <laughs> um, good news. Good news. Yes. Um, I would say if it's a really an, a very expensive item and you know they probably won't be able to do it on their own for, you know, over a year or something like if it is like an iPad or something really expensive. And if you do have the money, parents, I would say kind of do the 401 day thing, like say, you know, what, I'll pay for half of it if you save up half. 
sometimes it gives them a little bit of the boost to be like, okay, I can do this. It seems more attainable. Mm -hmm. Um, But if not, if it is something that they can buy within, you know, a month or something, say, hey, let's save up and pay for it. And let's let's look at some opportunities for you to make some money. And this is what you have to do. You have to take out the trash, you know, five times, you know, blah, blah, blah. What You know, you kind of give them a roadmap, give them a plan to show them where the goal ends. Mm -hmm. So good. I feel like my audience, I could just hear them saying, we want more of this. So I'm going to keep going. So, um, okay, we're going to play Say This, Not That. So (laughs) let's say your child is comparing herself or himself at school to everybody else. They've got like the latest everything, latest games, gadgets, clothes. And she says, or he says, if I don't have blank... I'm destined to be the only one who doesn't have it. And I'll just collapse in humiliation on the spot. So I'm going to say first, like, what would you not say? I'm assuming it's something like suck it up, girlfriend. None of this stuff is important and wanting wanting it is stupid. But, right. right. right? What, what should we say? Or, and you, you're welcome to chime in on what we shouldn't say as well. Yeah, I think, you know, the comparison issue is something that us as adults deal with Mm -hmm. a lot. And so I think this is kind of a fun time to empathize with your child and be like, yeah, I totally get that. You know what? Mm -hmm. My friend, their whole family went to the beach for a full week and to a really nice place. And I can't do that right now. And Mm -hmm. I felt like bring in your own story Mm -hmm. in that and be like, I totally understand. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, your stuff is not your identity. It is not who makes you who you are. And as a parent, I love you too much to allow that to be a stance that we take as a family and, and focusing on their quality, their character qualities versus just like Mm -hmm. what they have and like reinforcing that and who they are, I think is important. Mm, Love that. Love that. I'm all about the the underscoring character. So that for me works well. All right. I'm sure nobody's ever heard this before, but let's say, I don't want to take out the trash, empty the dishwasher, clean my room, whatever it is. Nobody, nobody else's parents, (laughs) nobody else's parents make them do that. I'm going to say, don't say it's my house, my rules. And if you don't like it, you can go live somewhere else. And you're an entitled little twit. What should we say? (laughs) Yes. Um, That's so great. Um, Agreed. Don't say that. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's what you're saying (laughs) Um, I, one of my favorite parenting quotes was from Andy Andrews. And he said, you're not just trying to raise good kids. You're trying to raise kids to become good adults. And I think talking to your kids and saying, you know what, these chores or whatever it is, like, this is your responsibility. And this is a, this is a sign of obedience. And like, you have to learn to do these things because you have to learn how a household runs because I'm not training you to be an 11 year old kid your whole life. I'm training you so that when you leave the home, you have the, not only the character quality to withstand a good life, but you have the tools in your belt to win. And so I'm setting you up to win. And yeah, it's not fun. Like I don't like taking out the trash, mm. but if I don't, it's going to pile over the kitchen and you're going to live in a junkyard. Like we can't do that. <laughs> and so you're going to be part of that responsibility. But I think, you know, all these conversations we can keep going for sure. But I, and again, my, my oldest is four. So give me some grace on the parenting thing, but I, but I think kids can grasp things on a deeper level than we give them credit for at times. Agreed. So I would say as a parent, like, and you're the doctor, so you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm like, I think you can almost treat your kids like a year or two older than what they are and and, and have those higher level yeah, conversations sure. and not try to dumb it down. Do you know? Like, Yeah, you want them to be reaching a little bit. I mean, obviously it should be yeah. within their reach, but you're pulling them upward. 
You know, you don't have to meet them exactly where they are. You just meet them like slightly above where they are. And then they're, you know, they're the rising to the occasion. Yes. I love that. So good. All right. We're going to do one more before we get to our top tip, because I'm so so curious about what you're going to say about this. It's my money so I can buy whatever I want. Right. Like even if it's like an inappropriate thing that they want to buy. Yeah. Um, it may the be my answer may be that not what to say, but it is what I would say is listen, you that none of this is yours, like none of it, mm-hmm. like the house you're living in, the clothes you're wearing, none of it is yours. I am the one that has you know worked and like th- this is this is my household, and this is it, and you are my child, and I love you too much to spend the money that you've earned on these things. And so as a parent, I'm not letting you because ultimately I have a say over it. Yes. I mean, honestly, I think that one comes down to values, doesn't it? I mean, you know, yes, of course you can buy what you want, but it's within the realm of what fits in our values as our family, right? Because we We feel that this, that, and the other thing are our values. So we're going to keep that consistent even as you're spending money as you, and, and it's across the board. You yes. know, this is what we, we we spend money on. This is what we do with our lives, you know, because this is part of our value system. Now, of course, you have a lot of leniency throughout that entire thing. But, right, you know, right. we're still yep. not going to buy the shirt that says something inappropriate on it to, uh, you know, because that's that there is an element that some kids grow up feeling like the axis of the world runs through the center of their head. <laughs> <laughs> their parents have built their lives around their children. And I grew up probably in a more of an old fashioned way, but I'm so thankful for it that mom and dad were pretty uh, blunt about the idea that like you are the child and I am the parent. And like, and I remember my brother, once my dad got like a nicer car after the bankruptcy, my brother was probably five years old, my little brother. And he was in the back seat, and he was like, dad, we are doing pretty good. <laughs> and I remember dad turned around to the back seat with us and he just smiled, but he said, no, <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. You oh. guys got nothing. Oh like, gosh. I, so there's this, yeah. There was like this, but the, these, mo- these conversations we have with mom and dad, we were like, as a kid, like you kind of knew your position and like, and and I think some kids grasp this ownership over things that are not theirs. Mm. And so I don't know, there's, it's a little bit old fashioned to me, but really I'm like, man, to know their perspective, to know their position in life is really important. And that includes their money. Like you're mm-hmm. still the parent. Right. Good point. You are still the parent. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I want to get your top tip. What is your top tip to raise smart kids who understand and handle money well? Oh, um, Uh, I'll go a little tactical here. I think it would be that, um, oh gosh, I would say to help them learn how to avoid debt. Mm, mm -hmm. And they do that by learning to give, save, and spend. And I think debt is one of the most um, damaging parts of our money that a lot of people feel such burden. They Mm. are, they have no freedom. They have no options because they live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of the times it's because of their bills. And so teaching your kids to live below your means, Mm. live, do not be, Proverbs says that the borrower is slave to the lender. And it's true. When you are a slave to something, you don't have the freedom to decide what to do with your life. Visa and your student loan is telling you that you have to be in this job that you hate, mm. pay the bills. And so being able to give your kids the gift of saying, you know what, you have, you, you can have a financial free life and starting that early, that is a, gosh, that's a generational gift that you can give them. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Tell us the resources of the week. Where should we go to get more information about you and your books and all the great things you're doing? 
Yes. Um, yeah, I have my show on Facebook and YouTube, The Rachel Cruz Show. It's also a podcast, like you said earlier. You can subscribe to that or go to rachelcruz.com and all resources are there or uh, books are sold anywhere, anywhere you find a book, bookstores, Amazon, all the above. Rachel, I am so glad to have you on the show today. Your insights and your strategies around saving and spending and making sure we're giving to others are, are really terrific. I loved your examples, your stories. It really made everything come alive and, of course, made the whole conversation about money not very scary at all. So thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. We'll go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram and I'm going to be creating memes based on what Rachel has said to me. You know that I create these memes. You can share them all over the internet and really make sure other people are hearing about all these great strategies. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate rate it and review it so other people can learn about these outstanding solutions and use them in their own homes. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. So many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the day when we fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. Perhaps you're remembering a situation where you did something with money. You said something about money and go, oh, why did I say that? Don't worry. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. Do it differently. I see you. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you're a 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.